Hello and welcome to the CRV Podcast. I'm Jeff Wright, one of the regular contributors to the CRV website. On this week's episode, I am speaking with Brad Jerkovich, a Southern Baptist pastor in Louisiana and the spokesman for the Conservative Baptist Network. Brad and I talk about the formation of the CBN and its aims, as well as some of the criticisms that have been levied at the network. I think you'll find the conversation informative and well worth your time. Let's get started on my conversation with Brad Jerkovich. Hey, Brad Jerkovich, thank you for being on the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Jeff. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate what you guys do. This is an honor. Well, that's very kind of you. We appreciate you as well. I'm assuming most of the people who are listening right now are probably aware of you, uh, if not for any other reason than the, the, you know, your leadership in the Conservative Baptist Network. But just in case, could you kind of walk us through a bit of your story with Jesus? Like, how were you converted? When did you sense that the Lord was calling you into the pastorate and, and where are you serving now? Yeah, you bet, buddy. I appreciate that. I uh, I was born on the West Coast, okay, uh, in Oregon. I was actually born in Oregon. I was there till I was seven and uh, heard about Jesus Christ through my parents um, and also, uh, uh, of course, my local church and Awana program, et cetera, came to Christ as a boy and, and I knew I needed the Lord. But um, my parents uh, uh, divorced at that time. I was seven the last time I saw my father. Uh, for almost uh, 30 years. So that was, uh, you know, that was challenging, but we moved to um, uh, Arizona, was in Phoenix for several years, was part of a Baptist church there. And uh, my mom remarried and then that didn't last. And then she met a gentleman from Southern California named John Jerkovich. And he adopted my brother and I when I was in seventh grade. And so we were in Southern California, junior high, middle school. And, um, you know, Jeff, in seventh grade, I met um, some friends, Steve and Jeff and uh, Chuck, who were in junior high with me and went to the Baptist church down the road from my house, which was right next to the high school there in Redlands, California. And um, they carried their New Testament in their back pocket, listened to Christian rock and roll and just said, look, man, we're going to follow Christ. Give it our all for Jesus. What are you going to do with your life? And, you know, I knew the Lord, but I just it was just awesome to have some friends like that that just just said, we're going to live for Jesus and never look back. And Southern California, you know, my Baptist church was great. And then you had a lot of good other Bible churches in that area that just were sold out to Christ. And uh, this would have been in the in the mid to late 80s, uh, early 90s. And so um, surrendered to preach uh, right before my senior year of high school. And I was at a youth camp and just felt God's call in my life. And my local church there was just so supportive. And, um, you know, just really believed in me. We started a Christian club ministry there my senior year of high school, Redlands High School, about 4,000 students. And that was uh, an issue that we had to take to the school board. Uh, the superintendent and them didn't want us to do it, wanted us to keep our faith, you know, on Sundays and not um, through a Christian club type ministry. And so we launched it. And uh, Equal Access Act of 1984, the Supreme Court gave us equal access, of course. So we won that and had, you know, one of the largest student organizations on campus when it was all said and done. So my point with all that, Jeff, is that all those experiences, some great Christian friends, a great youth ministry, great local church, um, walking through some of those challenges of sharing our faith, that really is part of my DNA. When I went off to college in Northwest Arkansas, um, I was listening to the radio about three days after living in Northwest Arkansas from California, which was a big change, by the way, Jeff. Yeah, I expect um, so. 
but I was listening to the radio and I heard this guy preaching named Ronnie Floyd on the radio. And I thought, man, that dude is fired up. And so I visited their church on a Sunday night and visited with their student ministry. And then their college pastor hired me as an intern in my freshman year of college. And so I worked there for a couple of years. Dr. Floyd introduced me to my wife, Stephanie. We got married in 93 and I always wanted to travel and preach. And so I just had a passion to speak in schools, do citywide outreach events, started my own evangelistic association while I was going to school. Um, and uh, we launched that, you know, as I, we got married in 93. And so I just started traveling and preaching. And then even when I was directed to Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary in 94, we visited there in 95, I started. And I finished my bachelor's in biblical studies there. Um, Dr. Patterson was president at the time, and he challenged me to get my master's. And so I did that. And by the time I finished that, Jeff, is when I started feeling a, a real passion to pastor. I loved traveling and preaching. I loved connecting with pastors and sharing Jesus with students and schools and all that jazz. Um, but I, but I, um, I wanted to pastor. I wanted to build a team, you know, and not just fly in somewhere and, and fly out a week later or whatever it was. And so the Lord really put that on my heart after about 10 years. And so I started to pastor and had a, had a church opportunity with a new church start um, in Lubbock, Texas, um, and started with a handful of folks. And, and uh, um, they just wanted to reach West Texas for Christ and the world. Of course, Texas Tech University is there. So that church grew and grew. We bought 58 acres of land in Southwest Lubbock, and it grew. And, and um, so I did that for 10 years before God called us to First Baptist Church of Bossier City, Louisiana, and we came here almost seven years ago. And uh, that's, you know, been a, been a good experience as well. So that's a lot there, Jeff. I just, but some people may not know all that story or, or care, you know, whatever, but uh, that's at least a little bit of insight to, uh, to me, dude. Yeah, no, thank you very much for that. I didn't think that was long. I thought it was a great testimony to the Lord's kindness and faithfulness and how he's kind enough to use us. Right. I mean, he, I was just thinking about all the ways that he shepherds us, like you were praising the Lord for good friends and good churches and, uh, putting opportunities in front of us. He's, he's a good shepherd. Well, and that, that's a great point, man. And and that's why I say, you know, people will say, man, you grew up with three different dads and all this transition. And, you know, how are you a preacher today and all this? And I mean, that is the grace of God. And, you know, Stephanie really encouraged me after our first daughter was born um, to reach out to my father. You know, I didn't know, I didn't know what his mm-hmm. story was and, and I did. And I reached out to him and he was so appreciative of the phone call and so several years later, like I said, almost 30 years later, you know, it would have been 30 years at that point, we were able to connect in Lubbock and he flew down. And that was a really cool story. He's a believer. He had remarried, been remarried for about 30 years at that point. And, and he was so proud of me being a preacher, you know, and I thought that was really cool. And he's, he's out of the kids that they've all been so supportive of me and my family. And so, you know, again, God's grace and all of that. I'm very, very thankful for the men of God, the people of God that he's put in my life. And Stephanie's been phenomenal, dude. You know, we've been married 27 years now. And and um, so anyway, yeah, the, the Lord's grace has been very, very evident, man. Amen. Praise the Lord. Yeah, well, very much so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As you're going through that story, it's it's clear that you're a starter and a builder. And so... That sets us up pretty well. You were kind enough to come on and talk to us about the Conservative Baptist Network, and you've had a hand in starting and, and building that thing. And so, uh, again, I'm assuming there's at least a cursory understanding on the part of our listeners about the CBN, but could you give us your description of the CBN, how it came together? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, look, I'm a pastor, just like 
you know, so many in our in our uh, Southern Baptist Convention of churches and pastors, et cetera. And I love our Southern Baptist family. Um, the, the reason I reference those Baptist churches in my life is because they were they were Southern Baptist churches. I mean, that, those are that's family. You know, I mean, that's the body of Christ, and they encourage you, they challenge you, they uh, uh, stretch you. You know, and all those kinds of things. And and I look at our Southern Baptist denomination as a family. You know, we're the we're the body of Christ. We each have our own congregations and you know memberships and all that, but um, I have valued the Southern Baptist um, fellowship uh, in my life, and so I've tried to serve the local church well, and, and whether I was traveling and preaching or now pastoring a church, and um, so I value the theology, you know, of, of Southern Baptist. I value the, the partnership of Southern Baptist. I value the, the evangelistic zeal of Southern Baptist, the strong stance on the Word of God, you know. Um, even when I was at Southeastern Seminary, I mean, that was during a time when when Dr. Patterson had, had been present there a few years. I mean, that was a very liberal seminary, man. And and to see when I was there in the mid-90s or early 2000, I mean, it was like revival, you know. And I, and I saw this passion in Southern Baptist life that was very, very important to me. And so when I started pastoring and building those relationships and so and so forth, you know, I got I got my bachelor's at a Southern Baptist seminary, my master's my doctorate. Um, I love what Southern Baptists have been able to do on the mission side, the evangelism side, the, the theological training side. And and so it's been important to me. But, you know, um, about five years ago, I started serving. I was on the resolutions committee, then I was on the committee on order of business. So I started getting a little bit more engaged. I mean, I've been engaged on the state level. You know, when I lived in Texas, I was supportive and helped. Um, different events, et cetera, as a pastor. And then here in Louisiana, you know, I try to build those relationships. But when you just start seeing some things where you're going, hmm, I'm not sure I'm I'm comfortable where we're going with this, whether it's on the theology front or maybe it's on the cultural engagement side or um, just things like that. You start seeing things, observing things. And, um, you know, I'd written some letters, you know, to the leader of the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission. And then I'd written letters to some trustees and just saying, hey, you know, here's my concerns. You know, you might want to look at this or that. And I just was concerned. And so my point with that, Jeff, is as a pastor, I started engaging the last five years on a much more intentional way to say, where are we going as a denomination? Okay. And and so when I, I instead of just getting on social media and calling everybody out, you know, I mean, I, I did. I called people. I talked to pastors all across the country. Um, I was like, hey, what about this? Where are we going with that? Or I would write letters or address things. And I just got to a point where I sensed from a lot of pastors where they're like, man, I'm not. I realized that I wasn't alone, Jeff, is what mm. I'm saying in my concerns. And and so I thought, well, what does that look like? You know, um, what what do you do? You know, and so we didn't, I didn't know about what it meant to start a, a network like the Conservative Network or anything. I just want to get with some pastors. And we, and, and we did that last fall. To just say, hey, am I the only one that feels this way about this, 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 and this? You know, um, it very quickly in, in in that very initial meeting that we had with pastors from all across the country. Um, when I say this is grassroots, that's exactly what I mean. I literally have said that from day one, and and it's the truth. I mean, it's literally just getting together with some pastors from across the nation who are going, well, what do you feel about that, and what do you feel about this? And I'd seen the video back in December from the Founders Ministry. You know. Um, by what standard? And I was like, man, I really appreciate what Askel and others are doing to, to uh, you know, make Southern Baptists aware of, hey, are we comfortable with this, you know? And 
So anyway, when I was meeting with these pastors, I just said, look, you know, I think a lot of guys in our culture and climate right now in SBC life um, are, um, they're nervous, they're, um, they feel like they're alone. If they voice some concerns, they feel like they're all alone. They're not sure who's standing with them. And so out of those conversations, we said, wait a minute, you know, do we really want to walk away from the SBC right now? You know, and uh, none of us did. But I think it's like, what do you do? You know, um, and we said, well, what if we could launch something that would allow pastors and churches to stay engaged with the SBC, but affiliate or partner with something that would be clearly, you know, distinguishable by, you know, the, these marks. I mean, this is what we're about. Okay. And if you value that, great. If you don't, I mean, there was no expectation, Jeff, for every Southern Baptist to join the Conservative Baptist Network. But we were just saying, is there a way to keep churches engaged with the SBC and, you know, um, bring these things to the attention? Because we value it and we feel like things are moving in a direction that are not healthy, not biblical, not good. Um, So how do we address that, you know? And so we felt like a network was something um, not to take away from the SBC, but to help it to help pastors and churches stay. I mean, dude, I can't even tell you how many conversations I have with pastors and leaders who were already disengaging from the SBC, who felt like it was already drifting in a direction that was way too far gone. And I'm just not ready to give up yet, man. And, and I know a lot of guys that aren't. And I think this is a way for us to stay engaged and to take a stand and to say, wait a minute, you know, God's used the SBC in great ways in the past. And, um, we're not just going to walk away and we're not just going to stay silent, you know, but if you've got a network, Jeff, where you can encourage each other, where you can talk about things in a very honest way, you know, and say, what does, what does our voice look like on this or this or this? And so when we, when we launched it or went public with it back in February, I mean, there just was such an initial boom. I mean, it was like, whoa, okay, clearly we're not alone in what we're, what we're sensing, you know, um, and then we had plans for, you know, the Southern Baptist Convention in Orlando, et cetera, which obviously all that changed with COVID. Um, but it's just the network has really been growing and building relationships. And we're really excited about our upcoming events, et cetera. So we could break all that down. But anyway, that's how it started. I mean, it really was just a grassroots effort where, uh, I mean, yes, I helped, you know, with a couple others of getting people at the table and just having some of those initial conversations. But it's been amazing. Uh, to see pastors and churches just be so affirming, you know, I mean, it's really been cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I relate to a lot of what you're saying there. And I, I suspect that what you're describing among those that you have connected with through the CBN is, you know, some of that's probably going on with people who are listening now. Um, the next question I have for you, you've really kind of already implicitly put in front of us, but I want to put a fine point on it because I think the the stuff you're doing is worth checking out. And maybe maybe our listeners are going to want to get engaged with that. And so just to put that fine point on it, if if it's a Southern Baptist pastor or a layman who hasn't yet taken a look at the CBN, uh, what would your pitch be for, hey, get on the website, check us out. Here's what we're, you know, here's why we think you might want to get involved with what we're doing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, people have got to come to that place, whether it's a lay leader or a pastor or a congregation where they go, do we value the, the Southern Baptist family? Well, most of them are going to say yes. You know, a lot, I mean, God's really used it in so many people's lives. Um, 
So what about the future of the SBC? Well, it's going to take engagement. And, and Jeff, what's cool about Southern Baptists, beyond, you know, maybe distinguishable from other denominations, is the engine is the local church. Here, you know, here. we're not driven top down. I mean, it really is local church driven. So so what I say to pastors, hey, pastors are already, they already feel alone anyway. You know, we all value relationships, man. We We need that. That's why I always like the word network. You know what I'm saying? You want to be able to partner with others, and and we enjoy those relationships and friendships. Well, here's a network within the SBC where you can stay engaged, have good conversations, start getting resources that are that are going to be addressing things that you value, um, championing things that you value, but you can still be a part of the broader family. But you've got friendships and relationships. You're not alone, and we can have a concerted voice on bigger things as we want to move the needle for the direction of our of our SBC. So, you know, you don't have to be out there just kind of floating and going, man, you know, I've got these concerns, but we don't really want to do anything about it. And honestly, Jeff, I'm not a guy, this is just me talking right here, but, you know, I'm not one of these guys who's going to sit around and let's just debate this stuff forever. I mean, at some point, we're either going to move the needle or we're not, you know, mm-hmm. we're either going to be able to see movement in a way where just like the early conservative resurgence, I mean, they, they address things. Some people took it serious. Some people didn't, but you kind of had to have, you kind of had to have that initial stand, that initial push to say, wait a minute, these are real concerns and we're going to trust God to move the needle in a way that we believe honors God's word and will, will, you know, strengthen our foundation and, and so forth. And God began to use that. And, and that's what I'm saying now is don't leave. You know, why would, why leave now when there's so many that are that are engaged, they're getting more engaged and they're seeing, I'm telling you, man, every week we're having conversations with this person, this person, this person, a lay person, a church, a pastor, somebody, you know, uh, with an entity or something just going, hey, I share those concerns. What are we going to do about it? You know, so I think it's just a really cool way right now um, to stay engaged uh, and and to be equipped, encouraged. And we can take a stand together because it's going to take uh, it's going to take a movement. I mean, it really is, man. And and that's another thing that I've heard from some other pastors around the country. They may have voiced concerns on the state level, local level, national level, and they just haven't felt like it's been either well received or. And I'm not I'm not downing everybody. There's some great people in SBC life, man. I mean, there really are. Mm-hmm. But I do think sometimes, just like in your own local church context. Some of those voices that you're going, man, I just thought with you on that, they may sound like 3,000 when it's really 30. And that's where Southern Baptists have to realize, I do not believe most Southern Baptists want this denomination to go left, left, left. I think most people want to be strong, conservative, standing on the Word of God, making a difference, and let's roll. And so this network, is it allows pastors and lay leaders to connect and and not be afraid, be encouraged. And it's always awesome when you can stand together with others for things that you really value, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's really at the heart of the genius of the cooperative program, right? That we stand together and do more together than we could apart. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, yes. And, and that's what I mean by we love the Southern Baptist family. I mean, we, obviously we do. And But sometimes you have to take a deep, hard look at things and go, okay, on the theology side, you know, do we have the full confidence we're either embracing, affirming, teaching things that we believe are biblical and valuable um, on the cultural engagement side? Are we giving away ground when we should take in a stand or are we, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I think any pastor has to evaluate that even in their own church and say, hey, if we're going to give X amount of money to the cooperative program and be a part of this, 
then we've got to be able to fully support it. You know, not, not, you know, the things that are affecting SBC life now, this isn't about, you know, uh, you know, oh, we're favoring this seminary over that seminary. Somebody's feelings got hurt. We're talking about major cultural challenges, man, that they're blowing against anybody standing on the word of God. You know, this is big time stuff. And we either course correct now, or you're going to give away so much ground that you're going to be like, Mm-mm, I don't want to be a part of this anymore. That's what a lot of pastors feel like. It's what a lot of lay people feel like, by the way. So. Sure. Sure. Well, what I think I hear you saying, and correct me if I'm wrong here, is basically in any institution, cooperative institution like the SBC, particularly of, of the size and scope of the SBC, an important question is, how do we faithfully engage with the culture, right? And so what I think I'm hearing you say is, how do we just do this intentionally and put eyes on this and make sure that the cooperative venture has as many voices speaking meaningfully to it as can be cultivated while we're doing these important works that the Lord's given us to do. Is that fair? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And and listen, if we are as pastors and churches, okay, if we're going to cooperate in good faith, then there's got to be a lot of trust and a lot of confidence that we're moving in the same direction. And when you see things being compromised or given away, or you start affirming some things that you're going, "Mm -mm, I'm not with you on that. And I'm not even sure, you know, most other Baptists are with you on that. They may not know about all this all the time, but we ain't going this way. You know, I think there's sometimes you have to push back on some things. It doesn't mean you're trying to annihilate everybody. It just means where are we going with this? And if that's where you're going to go, then I, the SBC can decide that. But every pastor is accountable to his local church as well. And they've got to ask and answer those deep questions. You know, do we want to stay in partnership with this? If they're going to affirm this, if they're going to adopt this, if they're going to you know, embrace this or whatever, um, every pastor's got to look their congregation in the eye and say, hey, I'm not, I can't go with this. You know, and I think that's where a lot of pastors and lay leaders have been facing in Southern Baptist life. And uh, listen, man, I've heard from other denominational leaders. Uh, I'm talking about like a Protestants or whatever, uh, not Protestants, excuse me, uh, Presbyterians or whatever. And they're sitting there, uh, Methodists, for example, saying, Pastor Brad, whatever it takes, do not let the SBC go this way. You know, I mean, we don't want it to go left and liberal and all this kind of stuff. I mean, people are looking at us. Jeff, all the time and going, because they know a strong Southern Baptist denomination that is good for everybody. You know, it's good and God can use that. But if we're going to sit around and just absorb things and embrace things and compromise on stuff, no one's going to win with that, man. Sure, sure. I've, I've had similar conversations myself and, and kind of the idea is every everybody who's kind of in step with historic Christianity, we know there's important variations that are significant but other denominational people who are historically identifiable with the Christian church are saying things to me that sound like, hey, you're one of the bigger ships in the fleet. We want to make sure you're functioning right. well. That's right. And that's that's a good word right there, Jeff. My, you know, our desire as a network is we want to see our denomination, you know, function in a healthy way. Doesn't mean we're always going to agree on every little thing, but for the love. I mean, some of the stuff our culture's wrestling with right now, I mean, this is... These are very challenging times, man, from the inside out, you know, and we've got to take stock of that stuff. And, um, you know, prayerfully, God can use this network to help us have honest conversations about some things, you know, and, and give local churches and leaders 
an avenue to have a strong voice. And again, what I've kept saying for these months, to push back on what needs to be pushed back, affirm what needs to be affirmed, and let's roll. You know, let's get stronger as a domination, not weaker. You know, and, and, and again, hopefully our network can do that and, and be used by that. Like I said, I've had I have great respect for what Founders has done, et cetera. I love Tom Askell and those guys and and that ministry. I mean, uh, my own assistant, uh, Lorraine, went down to their conference, you know, right before the, the movie came out. I mean, so, I mean, a lot of people are engaged. The CBN is just another way for Southern Baptists to do that. And, and it just it seems to have struck a really you know cool chord and hopefully the Lord can, can, can use it greatly, you know. Yeah, for sure. So I guess if if someone's listening to this and their ears are kind of perked up, they're intrigued. They they think they're hearing sort of common cause here, but they're I don't know. Maybe maybe we could just flesh the vision out for them more. Uh, okay. Would it be a question that interests you to say, hey, if if the CBN meets the aims it's seeking, the convention is going to look this way in the future maybe in contrast to what it looks like now. Is there is there something concrete you could say, yeah, this is the kind of future we're hoping to work toward? Well, I mean, we are going to be unveiling um, at our upcoming Bible conference at Mid-America Baptist Theological Seminary in Memphis, September 17th, something we're calling the foundation for the future. Okay. 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 And it's, it's simply the Conservative Baptist Network's effort to give a little more meat on the bones because people have asked and said, okay, well, what are the aims of, of the CBN. Well, obviously, on a, like I just said, practical level, hey, first of all, we wanted to let a lot of Southern Baptists who were disengaging to stay engaged, number one. Number two, we find encouragement, build relationships. Number three, here's how we can help each other. And so we want to, when we talk about that, we say, well, we, we see this happening in our seminaries. We see this happening. If we're going to have an Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission, then this is what we see you know, that accomplishing and being engaged. When we talk about trustees and trustee system in SBC life, what's the confidence level mean? What does that mean for Southern Baptist pastors and churches to have confidence in what's being taught in the seminaries, confidence in what's being taught uh, or how our trustees are handling and et cetera? Um, you know, missions and evangelism, you know, what does that mean? I mean, obviously we're in a downward trend on these things. How do we, as Southern Baptists, uh, re-engage on those fronts, you know. So that that um, information, and then again, electing conservative presidents. I mean, of course, that that involves that, you know. Um, and so we want to see, you know, conservative presidents elected. We want to see our entities operate in a strong way. We got, you know, different ideas that we would love for fellow Southern Baptists to to consider or that we'd like to bring to the table and say, hey, you know, how can we make this stronger over here? Or with the way we're operating here on a state level, you know, can we do this? So we're not trying to run the SBC, but we do want to have influence to where we have confidence that our leadership is conservative, our leadership is taking us in a way that honors God's word and is more committed to reaching the world than ever before, you know, those kind of things. So that's something that we want to, you know, bring a little more, um, put, put some more meat on the bones there at our event um, in September uh, at the Bible conference. So we're, we're excited about laying some, even some more of that out in the, in the next month and a half. Mm-hmm. For sure. Well, we will look forward to that. Can you give us the dates on that conference one more time? I know September. Yeah, September 17th. That's a Thursday evening um, is the, is the, uh, the preaching conference itself. We're looking to add a couple other elements for that day because we've got people already, we've got a few hundred, 400, maybe close to five now, I think signed up or registered. And, um, 
and uh, people are, uh, well, they're signing up right now anyway, And but people are coming in from different states and everywhere, right? So we were trying to fill in some things for the afternoon that uh, that would be really helpful. You know, if they've got time and they're there, let's let's uh, let's do some things that can encourage them. Part of part of our challenge is just and like everybody dealing with COVID, you know, mm-hmm. and what's going to be allowed and how many people. So we've kind of had to pace ourselves a little bit. Some people have asked for good information from us. We just haven't been able to provide it because we're still all the logistics of each event are just so so unique, you know. So sure. we're doing a, a prayer gathering at my church I'm hosting. We've got a lot of people coming in for that on August 31st. Then we're doing the the, uh, the Bible conference at Mid-America on September 17th. And then later in October at Truett McConnell University in Georgia, we're hosting an event called Pastor, Prophet, Patriot. Um, and that's with uh, Tony Perkins and some other guests. That's a whole religious liberty, cultural engagement event that we're going to be doing on that campus. And all three of these events will be live streamed. So that'll be really cool for people to engage with those. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So you guys have a great website. It's conservativebaptistnetwork.com, listener. They have a tab at the top uh, labeled events, or you can go to conservativebaptistnetwork.com forward slash events and find more details. We'll link to that in the show notes here on this episode, too, so you can find it easily. Uh, well, Brad, thank you for this wealth of information and your time here. I, I do know that it seems a rule now that you can attempt no public venture without getting significant pushback. And that's true with the CBN, too. Um, so I wanted to ask you a couple things that I have heard as I've talked with my friends and, and in my circles about the CBN and just see if you'd address some of the um, I don't want to say criticisms always, but just some of the questions and responses that that have come from the announcement of this new network. Sure, of course. Be glad to. Well, thank you. So I guess the first one is it hasn't been that long ago that Southern Baptists were having sort of a civil war over the subject of Calvinism and what role, if any, it has within the life of Southern Baptists. Um, when, When I got the news about the CBN and some of the steering committee or council, rather, steering council came out, uh, some of the friends I was talking to who, like me, are Calvinists said, wait wait a minute, I think those guys hate Calvinism. We can't work with them because uh, they, they won't like us. Uh, what would you say to a response like that? Well, I, that's just not accurate. I'm not saying they're you know wrong in what they feel. I'm just saying that from the very beginning, we we were very committed, very intentional, said, look, our network is going to, you know, we embrace, you know, these uh, uh, soteriological views. We get it. Um, we've got some who are more reformed, you know, in the network already. Some are, you know, more traditional in their views, et cetera, whatever. Um, so it's just not it's just not been an issue for for at least from our standpoint. I'm not saying other people can't interpret what they want. But, um, you know, from our standpoint, it's it's just a non-issue, man. Uh, you know, when I went to Southeastern Seminary, I mean, it you know, there were guys who were more reformed in our classes or whatever. We would debate different things. But, man, we. Their passions of stand on the word of God, preach Jesus, and reach the world. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and I and I think most guys value that. And so we just have, have really tried hard, at least at least we've tried um, to make sure people know it, this isn't about you know um, this view against that view. I mean, look, you can have those debates. You can go to the coffee shop and discuss that all day long. But there are some mammoth things that all of us are facing right now, and. Uh, we've we've got to stand shoulder to shoulder on on everything that we can, and and we just don't need to be divided like that. And you know, listen, I've had tremendous conversations with Tom Askell and others. They have been so generous and so affirming and appreciative. And likewise, here, I mean, 
we just understand there are some big issues challenging, not just Southern Baptists, but, you know, anybody standing on the Word of God, that that um, those relationships, I think, can be very much vibrant and real. And we're just it's just not it's a non-issue for us, man. I hope that makes sense. No, it does. So. And I'm, I'm encouraged to hear it. I'm I'm in the camp that says those things are important, but they're not of ultimate importance. And so I'm, I'm with you. Let's go to the coffee shop and talk it out. And then. When that time is wrapped up, let's go preach Jesus and watch, watch well, the and Lord do what he I does. I love those conversations. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so absolutely. It, it's all good. It's just, uh, yeah. So anyway, not not an issue for our network at all. Good deal. Okay. Well, uh, I'm going to I'm gonna say a little bit more on this one, and I don't expect you to carry the freight for it. So, listener, I'm this is me talking, not Brad. Um, one of the objections I've heard that has come up lately that surprised me is this idea that networks within SBC, like the CBN, are somehow a threat to SBC cooperative ventures. And the reason that surprises me is that I feel like up until about six months ago, I lived in an SBC where these networks, these intra-denominational networks, were soon seen as a good thing. Um, I'm thinking about B21, Baptist 21, the Pillar Network, uh, even Nine Marks, which I've been profited from tremendously in the past, although they're you know, they're sort of adjacent to the SBC. They certainly have a place within the SBC. I've always understood those to be a good thing, but something changed on that front, it seems like, when the CBN was announced. And so I guess I would ask you, can the CBN aid the work of the SBC as an interdenominational network? I think I know what you're going to answer, but it feels like there's a bunch of people out there who don't think you can answer positively. Yeah, well, like I've said in different interviews before, buddy, I, I, to me, if I'm an entity leader or value the cooperative program and all those things, I mean, to see another, you know, intra-network develop and that helps pastors and churches stay engaged, why is that? That's a good thing to me. And um, we're, we're trying to have honest conversations. We're bringing some things that we're passionate about to the table. And uh, like I said, man, if people they don't have to join the network, they don't have to you know, do anything we're doing or whatever. But um, to me, I think it's healthy. I think it's important. And, you know, I just know there are a lot of uh, folks who have tried to address some things. They have felt for one reason or another, okay, that they weren't able to move the needle. So what do they do? You know, and, and a lot of people were disengaging. So, you know, we, we love the SBC, man. Um, we love those relationships and we want to make sure it's strong and healthy going in the future. There might be some things that we are valuing or championing that some people disagree with. Okay, so be it. Let's have those conversations. That's, that's what I love about the SBC, man. And if the engine is the local church, then uh, for the SBC, then let's, um, let's keep local churches engaged and, and let's roll, you know. Uh, but to see it as a threat, I don't really understand that, uh, that uh, take. I mean, I really don't, man. Sure. I, I get that. I'm very sympathetic to that. Even as someone who, obviously, I don't know the CBN as well as you do, uh, I'm learning a lot. I think you guys are doing a good job of getting your material out into the public space so that people who are interested can. Uh, but still, I don't know it as well as you. I just I'm kind of baffled by the idea that these again, these interdenominational networks are now apparently supposed to be something we see as a challenge rather than a help. So I appreciate that. answer. Well, and also, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I mean, you know, the caliber of people that have connected with the network early on. I mean, they have literally supported the SBC their entire lives, man. I mean, it's not like these are just people going, yeah, I'm just going to get on board here. We'll see what, you know, we'll dabble in this over there. I mean, it's just been amazing how the different people, you know, lay people and pastors and churches that 
They love the SBC, man. I mean, that's the heartbeat with this. And and honestly, Jeff, I'm a pastor and we're rebuilding. We had a major fire a year and a half ago when we're we're rebuilding from all that and the and the uh the um COVID and everything else. I mean, I don't have time to just, oh, let me go dabble in something over here that will create a ruckus. I ain't interested in all that. I am interested in having honest conversations. I am interested in helping pastors and churches process some things and go, hey, are you sure we should be embracing that or going this way? I mean, you know what I'm saying? And so it comes out of a burden to help our SBC be strong again, you know, not, not to undercut it. So that's that's what I'm saying. And that's I'm just telling you the people that are connected with this, that's their heartbeat as well, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm I'm thankful to hear so much of this, and I'm particularly thankful to hear an emphasis on the local church and an emphasis on mechanisms for transparency and engagement and communication uh, in in the bigger ship of the SBC. I think those things are desperately needed. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, just working through my list here. I tried to yeah. I tried to be thorough. Uh, you named the name of Paige Patterson earlier, and I think Paige, for some people, is a bit of a boogeyman. I know that there are certain things that I personally and Paige probably wouldn't see eye to eye on, but I am also very thankful for the conservative resurgence that he had a hand in. And so I've been told, hey, that CBN, I think it's just a mechanism for extending Paige Patterson's influence. Um, could you could you address that? Of course. Yeah. So. The Southern Baptist Convention denomination, as we know it today, we wouldn't even be strong without the leadership and influence of Dr. Paige Patterson and others, right, with the conservative circuit. That was a monumental deal. God used it in an unbelievable way, okay? So now, 30, 40 years later, you've got some wins that are affecting the SBC in what many of us would perceive in a negative way, okay? Uh, Theology, cultural issues, et cetera and uh, functionality of different things or whatever. And we're sitting here going, well, what do we do, you know, with this? And, you know, when it comes to Dr. Patterson, you know, of course we talked to him, you know, when we were looking to, uh, to launch this and get, get his opinion. I mean, we talked to a number of leaders from across the country who were involved in the conservative resurgence in, you know, late seventies, early eighties. And with Dr. Patterson, you know, it's just funny. He even tried to to talk me and some others out of this because he knew there'd be a price to pay. He knew there would be a cost to pay, man. Um, and and uh, it wasn't that he didn't value what we were doing, but he just knew, you know, that there's just going to be, you know, a price to pay. And so, but he's not leading it. He's not led it. Um, uh, we've sought his counsel on things, just like we have a number of other conservative resurgence leaders around the country. But it's a grassroots effort, and I personally am very thankful that Dr. Patterson and others took a stand when so many wouldn't, you know, 40 years ago, and he did pay a heavy price. And, um, you know, for many of us today, we look at, you know, the future, and if the Lord tarries, you know, uh, whatever that means, we want a strong and healthy Southern Baptist denomination, you know? And so, um, anyway, I'm I'm grateful for how God used him over the years, and, uh, um, but he's not leading this, and and, um, you know, we're pressing on and, and some people, look, Jeff, some people believe me, some people don't, they call me his puppet. They call look, I've been called a ton of stuff, names, whatever. Um, at the end of the day, we're pressing on man. And, uh, you know, we're, I think most Southern Baptists, they see past all that nonsense. Well, speaking of, you know, bad narratives and again, listener, this is Jeff Wright, not Brad speaking. I think the last one I want to put in front of you is what I think is the most thoughtless criticism of the CBN that I've encountered so far. 
Um, I think I have seen a great deal of effort given on social media to pushing the idea that the CBN wants to divert money away from the cooperative program and mm-hmm. into the CBN. And so I know, again, as somebody who's just trying to pay attention and read what you guys put out, that the CBN has tried to be very clear in its messaging that you're not trying to draw money away from the cooperative program. But there could be people listening who've heard that accus- that accusation leveled online somewhere. Uh, could could you just speak to them and and what would you say about the cooperative program and and how the conservative Baptist network will relate to it? Of course. Well, look, every church and pastor has got to you know they've got to answer their own call you know on what does partnership with the through the CP what does all that mean? Okay, just like I and my church and our leadership team and we think through that and uh, every year what's our involvement et cetera. Um, but when you launch a network and you're hosting events and you're doing, you know, publications and you're producing things, at some point that takes money. And we've had people from across the country already send checks to the Conservative Baptist Network because they're just excited about what we're doing. And hey, if you're hosting an event, let this go to support this or whatever. But we've been very clear from the beginning. We want to see the Southern Baptist Convention be strong and healthy, which means a strong and healthy cooperative program. So we want churches and everybody to be giving to the cooperative program. We want people investing in missions and all this enterprise. But the reality of it is, Jeff, there are a number of churches, they decrease their giving. They have no confidence in the future and the leadership or all these number of issues that they're concerned about. So if people want to see the cooperative program get stronger, then let's develop and let's create confidence between every church and pastor in the SBC to say, we stand on the word of God. We're committed to worldwide evangelization. We're not going to compromise. We're not going to drift left. We're going to stay strong. Let me tell you, you'll see cooperative program giving go through the roof when you do those kind of things. The, the, the Conservative Baptist Network is a, it's an avenue. It's a vehicle. We're not trying to uh, take over the SBC. We're not trying to do some of this, that. We're not trying to divert funds. We've been as clear as we can be. It, it, what's amazing, Jeff, people ask this question, are you trying to divert this? Are you trying to do that? And we answer the question and they still call us a liar. You know, or you don't really mean that. You don't really, I'm like, so that's why I say, Jeff, at some point we've just said, Lord, we, you know, we're pressing on. I think most people are wise enough. They can see through that mess. Um, you know, we've, we've been doing what we said we would do. We're committed to it. We're excited about it. And more and more people are connecting with it. And we're pumped about that. But again, the end goal is to see a strong, healthy, vibrant SBC. And, and that's our passion for that. So we've said it on our website. I'm saying it to you now. We want the quarter program to be strong. We're not trying to divert anything from it. Let's roll. But churches can give to what they want to give. I mean, at the end of the day, a pastor is going to talk to his team and leaders and church and you know, that's between them and the Lord anyway. So I can't control that anymore. You can, you know? Sure. Sure. I mean, really that, that, that last point that you got to where you say, no, we, we don't want to do this. And the response is no, we know, you know, we know either, I guess you're deceiving us or we understand better than you do. I I really don't know what you're supposed to do with that as a Christian brother. Uh, I think all you can do is say, well, we're going to just press on then because you're unpersuadable (laughs) and go see what the Lord has for you to do. Right. Well, and that's what I'm saying. That's been that way on a number of issues, Jeff. And and that's why I say, you know, uh, at the end of the day, people are going to say what they want to say. And they're either going to believe you or not. And you just trust that God gives you, you know, grace to walk through that and and other relationships that go, you know what? I know these people. I know what's going on. And I know them to be trustworthy. And they're, you know, 
Um, so anyway, prayerfully, the Lord will continue to confirm that in people's hearts and lives the more they get to know. And again, you know, I get it that we're new, but we've also been very open and transparent. I mean, I've done a number of interviews, um, a number of our uh, network team have done interviews and, and so forth. And so we're not hiding anything, man. I mean, if anything, it was just, it sometimes it just takes time to get all that stuff set up on your website. You know what I'm saying? So sure. a lot, and, and a lot of that, by the way, Jeff, a lot of this, we were going to share at our evening event on Monday of the convention in Orlando. I mean, that's what we were pointing people to for four months. And when it got canceled, we've had to kind of, you know, we had to get through COVID or at least the, the peak of it. And obviously we're still processing it, but you know, um, we're trying to be as intentional with communication and, and spelling things out, but, um, you know, sometimes it's not on people's timing or it's said in the way they want, or it's saying what they want. I mean, I, I don't know, man, but yes, we're pressing on moving forward and let's roll. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think I can really understand that. I I'm really thankful for what I'm hearing here. I'm thankful for hearing the, again, the emphasis on the local church, the emphasis on being engaged in the choices that affect the entire SBC and making sure it's as healthy as possible. Uh, keeping people in the, you know, keeping people in the family rather than watching them walk away without, without trying to call them back in. I, I appreciate all of that. And so there's so much to be positive here. Um, and, and specifically I, I'm thankful for your time. I think you have been generous with your time here with us and it's part of this thing that you've described is trying to be as transparent as possible, which I also appreciate. Um, I know the website's there, conservativebaptistnetwork.com. There's a ton of resources there. Y'all got really well done, informative videos. Uh, anywhere else that you would point people to connect with y'all, or would you say the website's the main hub? Yeah, I think the website's the main hub just because that's where people can register for an event or they can shoot us an email if they got questions. We've got emails every week we're, we're trying to respond to. Uh, the best we can. And, and uh, that's been really cool, you know, just to engage with people from all across the country. So um, I, people are excited. They, they, they sense the Lord moving and stirring. And like I said, there's some incredible work going on in SBC life. Um, but, and so prayerfully the Lord can use the, the CBN in a strategic way as well. And, and uh, we're encouraged by that, but of course we're on Twitter, Facebook, all that. So, but the website is a great, is a great way to, to uh, at least, connect and get informed and, and start that, that relationship. Yeah. I'm looking at it now. There's, there's links to the Facebook and Twitter and whatnot. Um, you're also on Twitter. So if listeners want to follow after you on Twitter and connect with you, uh, you're active there. It's Brad J U R K O V I C H Brad Jerkovich uh, is the Twitter handle. We'll put a link to that in the show notes, but would you point people to anything else in addition to that to connect with you? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm on Twitter, Facebook as well, um, Instagram. So yeah, all those social media platforms, I enjoy that. I've connected with a lot of different folks around the country, and that's been a, just a blast, man. I really enjoy that. And and uh, even people that don't agree, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's like, hey, shoot me a question or whatever. I mean, let's see if we can can help you, and, and this is what we're about, or et cetera. So we, look, we enjoy that, and, and um, that's that's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Okay. Well, great. Hey, Brad, thanks so much for the generosity with your time. Thanks for the work you're doing here to help Southern Baptists stay engaged with the denomination. Uh, we, we really appreciate it. Well, I appreciate you, Jeff. It means a lot. And, uh, you know, I'm just praying that God gives us all grace and wisdom and passion and courage during this time. And uh, we're going to need it. And our churches need it. And uh, our families, you know, need it. And so uh, just appreciate you, dude. And, and praying God just goes before us in all things. Amen, brother. Amen.
Well, thanks again for being on. We will look forward to hearing from you at the September event, either in person or live stream. I love it. Look forward to it, man. It's going to be a great, a great experience. You bet, sir. Thanks to Brad Jerkovich for his generosity with his time, as well as being willing to participate in such a candid conversation. I trust you will want to know more about the Conservative Baptist Network, and we will provide links in the show notes to help you connect with the CBN. If you've enjoyed the podcast, we would appreciate you taking a moment to leave us a positive review on your favorite podcasting platform and telling a friend about the show. That wraps up this episode of the CRV Podcast. For everyone at CRV, I am Jeff Wright, wishing you all the best in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ.